Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry, as well as dealing with some legendary blokes. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. That's griffinair.com.au. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legend Series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Some guys, they're just meant to play football, born for it. Circumstances robbed us of the best of this bloke. However, he was still better than most. But who is Sean Timmons? Uh, Sean Timmons, a uh, young bloke, grew up and born and bred in Kaima, uh, down on the on the south coast. Um, played uh, all my junior footy down there at Kaima. Uh, great place to live. Um, old man was a coal miner. Used to live out at Condoble and actually out in the bush was a sheep shearer. So, um, yeah, so grew up, as I said, grew up in Kaima, played all my junior footy there. Uh, played a bit of junior footy at Jeringong Lions too, who were sort of the next door neighbours of Kaima, Mick Cronin. Yeah. Broad Wishart Territory. So played all my junior footy there. A couple of uh, two brothers, younger sister. Um, yeah, just probably a, a guy that was a bit of a knockabout bloke growing up. I uh, didn't really. I was wasn't real good at school. Footy was always footy was always something I wanted to do. So I was sort of lucky later on in life. I got to, got to play footy. But yeah, just a I suppose knockabout bloke. Uh, loves hanging around his mates. Loves playing footy and uh, loves having a good time. Were you an Illawarra Steelers fan growing up, mate? Were they the be all and end all for a Kiama kid? Uh, to start with, mate, I was Bulldogs. Wow. Um, Terry Lamb, I had Terry Lamb's number six HFC jersey. So our family were all Bulldogs um, supporters. Chris Anderson's a sort of relation of our family. Okay. So we used to be Bulldogs. But as I uh, as I got a little bit older and then watched the the Steelers, I, I did become a, a Steelers fan and then watching going and watching on the hill there. And obviously I ended up playing junior reps with the Steelers. But yeah, as a young kid, Bulldogs were Bulldogs were my team. And as I said, Terry Lamb was my uh my favourite player back then. The Steelers were, well, they were more than just a footy side. They were the pride of the region. They were superstars early, mid, late 80s. Yeah, for sure. They were a real hardworking sort of town, still work, coal mining town. Um, the majority of them were all locals that had come through down on from Group 7, which is where my area, like um, down the south coast, or they were from the Illawarra. So a lot of the guys were locals and 
Yeah, the town really loved them. They they used to, you wouldn't say they were over-successful, but they had some really good years there. Yeah. They won a Challenge Cup and made a couple of semis, were one game away from a grand final there. I think it was against St. George. I was still only young. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, I ended up like looking up to these blokes. So I ended up looking up to guys like Rod Wishart and Mary and Johnny Simon and Johnny Cross and Neil Pincinelli and all these blokes. And then down the track, I ended up uh, getting to play with them. So that was uh, that was pretty cool, especially, as I said, being a young local fella. Okay, quick history lesson, a little about the Illawarra Steelers. They joined the New South Wales Rugby League, as it was then, in 1982, along with the Canberra Raiders. Based in Wollongong, it was difficult from the start, with the recession bringing about some really tough financial times, especially to the blue-collar areas of the country. Steel giant BHP proved a saviour for the club and would sponsor them until their final game in 1988. But back to 82, the first coach was Alan Fitzgibbon, Craig's father, the first captain, the legendary Joe Cool, John Dorohy. Three wooden spoons in their first eight years, an illustration of just how tough the initial years were. In 1989, they played the final of the midweek Panasonic Cup. They were beaten by Brisbane by just two points. But that result really marked their arrival. In 1992, they would play finals football for the first time. It was these performances that inspired kids from across the region to wear their red and white. So, Timo, debut day, you were 18. Actually, no, you were 17, I think. It was round 18, 1994. What do you recall of the day? Well, mate, the day, it was sort of a long, not a long build-up, but I used to play President, which was President's Cup reserve grade, first grade, and so you could play President's Cup or reserve grade and you used to be able to back up. Yeah. So I'd I'd done that for weeks. I'd back up for reserve grade, and then a few times Graham Murray started asking me to back up first grade. And, mate, I was stoked. I was happy just to, to warm up and fucking run up and down the sideline waving to my friends in the road like that I was warming up. And so I'd done that for a few weeks, was happy with that. And then, obviously, that day at Wynn Stadium, I'd played 21s. We'd had a good game against Cronulla. Young, hot 21 side with Matty Rogers, Adam Ritson, Trista and Peachy and all these mm. boys. And then, yeah, end up getting the usually done the usual, warmed up a, a bit on the sideline and waved to the family up in the grandstand. but. Then I got the call uh, to go on because we were in the lead. So Graham Murray thought it must be a chance to throw this young fella on. Uh, threw me on. I do remember the first time I think Andrew Farrah, who won, he'd end up coming to coach, he passed me the ball. He was at 5'8". Yeah. Mate, Les Davison, I think it was Les Davison and uh, Eddinghausen absolutely hammered me on the old Wynn Stadium. It was fucking like a dust bowl. But yeah. It was, uh, no, it was, mate, it was a pretty special time. As I said, obviously, being a local kid and having friends and family and that there and doing it at a club that you grew up with and uh, to be able to do it at Wynn Stadium, um, yeah, it was it was a great day. Seems a seems a lifetime ago now, but it was it was a great day. If Les Davidson gets you in your first tackle and you survive, you have got a spot in first grade. That's doing <laughs> it tough. Looking at that starting side for the Steelers, a lot of genuine guys that they were genuine footballers, obviously, but genuine blokes too. They were honest. They were tough. Uh, they were a resilient footy side. Yeah, they were. That, as I said, they were all real humble local blokes. They all used to work. A lot of them in the steel works. A lot of them were coal miners. So they all they like what as a young kid coming through. Just the way I got to train with them and see how hard they trained and 
how much they enjoyed themselves after a, a win, mm-hmm. the old Harp Hotel. I'm not sure whether you've been there, Andy, but it's a used to be the drinking hole after a game. Um, so just to be able to see them train and just how yeah how good a fellas they were. That was I suppose good mentoring for me as a young kid. I was, as I said, I was only 17 and in grade at the time, so I was hanging out with all these boys. And yeah, I, I think they they set a great sort of platform for me to to follow uh, moving forward. So. I really owe a lot to them. And as I said, I was fortunate enough to play with a lot of them guys for a, a, a long while and, and still are real good mates with guys like Mary and Rod Wishart and these types of blokes. So, yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was a good time. At this time, Super League had erupted or was about to erupt. You were only the new guy. What do you remember of the Super League war and what happened in the mid-'90s? Um, well, as I said, I was only young. And to be honest, I had absolutely no idea what it was all about. I knew something was happening and I knew there was something big happening because Graham Murray, obviously, who's not here, sadly now, he uh, he grabbed a few of us and said there's a meeting um, that these uh, continental, these ocean pools where we used to go, this was on a Monday night. I need you to come to a meeting. So I grabbed, there was only about 13 of us, actually. So we went and met uh, John Rebo, I think it was Lachlan Murdoch and but I didn't know what was going on, so they were explaining to everyone what was happening. And then one-on-one, we went in for a sit-down and chat to uh, Lachlan Murdoch. And they were offering contracts and that. And I was like, fucking hell, what is going on here? Yeah. So, And, mate, to Graham Murray's credit, when he came out, he said, mate, I don't want you to sign anything. Ring your parents, speak to whoever you got to speak to, and then we'll go from there. So... I pretty much was just going to do whatever the team done. Oh, as yeah. I said, I didn't know. I didn't know what was happening. Uh, so that's sort of what I do remember. But I, I just remember the money going around. I wasn't fortunate enough to to get much because I was only young. But I still got paid. I thought I still got a little bonus payment, and I went and bought myself a Hyundai Sonata. Oh, to stay with the the ARL. But yeah, as I said, it was a bit of a whirlwind. As um, I was only a young kid, it was all a bit of a blur to me. I didn't fully understand what it was all about. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. Amazing time in rugby league. We'll fast forward to the end of 1998 and the end of the Steelers at NRL level. They became the St George Illawarra Dragons. Again, you're still young here. What did you make of that somewhat forced marriage at the time? Yeah, it was strange times too. It was uh, it was sort of sad. It was exciting. Um, both clubs, uh, I think, picked 12 to 13 players from each end and they got either asked to come into the merger or the rest got sort of moved on. So it was hard because we were really tight at the Steelers and half the squad pretty much got told they got to look elsewhere or go find a club. So that was difficult. Um, but on the other hand, it was quite exciting for the ones that did get asked uh, to be involved in it. So it was a huge time and yeah, a, a quite strange time uh, to be involved with it. But when we first um, yeah, it did merge. It was, mate, it was like the, I can remember the first couple of, we had a meeting. We met with them and I think we met with them at Camden or somewhere in a golf club and we had the coaches, Andrew Farrar, David Waite and both the sides there and it was a bit of an awkward, a bit of a standoff to start yeah. with. Both sides turned up and 
we had a meeting, but then we had a bit of a drink and a bonding session after it. You know, most league players are like it. Doesn't take long to start to mingle and yeah. get on with each other. So it was quite exciting. And mate, we had some talented players oh. in the side, and still being a young bloke, like we had blokes like yeah, Mark Coyne, Australian Centre, Mary, and Mundine, and Brown, and Barrett, and Wishart, and all these types of blokes. So hey, it was, uh, yeah, it was really exciting actually uh, when we did start playing and training and end up a good year. Yeah, it certainly did. And you look back at that side or that squad on paper now, what a footy team. Yeah, I know. Well, I think well, luckily they uh, there was some exemption, I suppose, for the yeah. salary cap. But you probably wouldn't get it in now. But no. I think still to be able to do it, we've done that. Yeah, we lost a, I think we lost our first couple of trials. Then we lost four in a row. So we were under the pump early. And then we, I think we had our first win at Canberra. It was either round four or five. I don't know. We'd lost three or four or four yeah. in a row. But we had our win, I think. I uh, wish he scored right on the bell and we Bartram kicked the goal to win. So and then from then on, we just got a bit of confidence and started building momentum uh, to, throughout that year when on a big run of winning games. So got to the semis and, um, yeah, we had Chock and Ting, Nathan Blacklock and that. Them blokes were on fire, but fortunate enough to, yeah, go through into the grand final. But um, grand final day probably wasn't our day. It was there for a while, but to have... I look back on it now, and I'm still shattered. I think about it nearly every day. To, it was the only chance I got to play in a grand final, but to have it taken away from me like that, obviously, it probably was a penalty try. Ainsco did hit him higher, but you sort of, as a young bloke, think you're going to get that opportunity again, but you don't. And I just remember seeing blokes in tears after it that were retiring, like Wishy and Brad McKay and, and these types of blokes, and that sort of rocked me a little bit. But uh, still, I look back and... Fortunate enough, I got to play in a grand final. There was 110,000 there. Um, would have been nice to win, but got to live with not winning. So, anyway, it could be worse. They're two metres from the line. Kamali puts the kick over and across. There's a try coming. Craig Smith. Craig Smith has put it down. Has he put it down legally? Oh, Was he onside? Well, Did he on. get it down? What about the high tackle from Ainsgate? Here we go. He gets the ball first, gets hit around the head, and drops the football. What to do? What does the video ref do? Does he award a penalty try? Well, can you be absolutely certain that Craig Smith would have scored? No, he's oh, taking yeah. him out of the throat. Yeah, that's a penalty try. I think you'll find that Bill Harrigan is about to make one of the biggest calls ever been made. Ray, a penalty try, the conversion is out where the try is scored. If it had been an eight-point try, they'd have had a kick in front of the posts. So... So is he given the he's given the penalty try or the eight point yeah, try? No, penalty try. He's given a penalty point. try. It was an amazing year. You would make the grand final, and as you said, you you lost in the most painful of circumstances. Is it that moment in time that stands out from the whole experience? Just the the final few seconds. Yeah, as I said, we got off to a good lead. It was 18, I think, six at half time, and we just we had a good record that year against Melbourne. We beat them a few times, and to Melbourne's credit, they just kept coming and they sort of jagged a try, which it was a probably it was probably even a forward pass in one of their tries, I think. But anyway, but they just kept coming at us and coming at us, and their forward pack like Glenn Lazarus and Tawira Nickow and these guys were really sort of ripping into us. And Brett Kamali was young and on fire back then, so they just yeah got themselves back in the game. And yeah, it just the last couple of minutes of when we they got that try and that it just yeah, it was like a bit of a bad nightmare, I suppose. Mm-hmm. To, be leading the whole game and then have it sort of taken away from you like that right at the uh, at the clutch moment. So 
Yeah, it's a prick. I hate it. I uh, still think of it every like every day or grand final day. I hate. I love watching it, but I hate. I get, uh, I suppose, jealous or envious. Mm. But I think a lot of blokes do that probably didn't win one or played one and lost one. So that's the way it goes. So uh, as I said, at the end of the day, I was still happy to to play in, in a grand final in such a, I think it was a record crowd, 110 or something. Yeah. So to be able to play in that was, was still pretty cool. Have you watched it back, mate? A lot of players haven't. No, I haven't. It's been on, mate. It gets fucking played all the time. I get text messages every now and then. There'll be a replay and I get messages off mates and that. And I sort of have a little bit of a little squiz at it, but I have never sat there and watched the whole game. But I've watched just bits and pieces of it here and there. So, but, uh, yeah, it, hurt. it probably hurts. And, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't really want to see it, but. Also, in 99, you'd play the first of nine test matches for Australia. What was that like? Was that a, a rugby league dream come true moment? It was. So that was after the grand final. We had the after the grand final. we done the usual. We got on the drink for a day or two, and I think it was Monday or Sunday. We were at the Carlton Pub at Cogra, mm. and there was all media there because there was a lot of talk about Mundine making it for the first time. Maybe even Nathan Brown was playing well. There was a few players like that I hadn't even been mentioned. So I'd had a fair few under my belt. I was playing pool at the pool table and that. And then the next thing, they I didn't even hear them. They announced the side. Everyone's calling my name out. I didn't know what was going on. So anyway, they're going, oh, you made the test side. You made the squad and that. So it was, uh, I sort of gone from the, the loss of, the grand final. Yeah. I was a shock because I was always a bolter, I suppose, in the in the test squad. Um, and I remember getting the picture outside the cult and sitting on the steps. I was still in my polo from the Dragons polo shirt from Sunday. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd had a few. But mate, yeah, to be able to do that, I rang me um rang the oldies. Actually, I think it was in a phone box out the front. There was no. I don't have even know if I had a mobile. Yeah. Then they come up because I remember Rod Wishart said, "Mate, what have I done when I made the test side?" I went back to my local pub, got all my mates and had a beer. So I, left, I ended up leaving early. I got my parents and you come pick me up up in Sydney. I want to go back to Kaima and get all my like, own mates. Yeah. Had a beer with them back in the, in the pub. So, yeah, it was good. So you've been announced in the squad. Do you remember the feeling of walking into an Australian camp with the elite of the elite for the very first time? I do. I was still seedy. I felt like shit. I was nervous. <laughs> I was quite uh, intimidated, not intimidated, but yeah, very nervous. Just felt a little bit, I suppose, out, out of my depth. I hadn't even played Origin, so yeah. I, didn't, uh, I didn't know a lot of them. But, yeah, I, I, it was excitement. But um, to be, yeah, to get there, I was like a little kid. I didn't talk much and done what I had to do, sat in the corner. But end up, yeah, had some, got milked, met some real good blokes on there and made all the time of my life. Uh, been away with it and getting to play a few games. I made my debut at Suncorp against um, Great Britain, so that was huge. Who was your first roomie in kangaroo camp? Do you remember? Darren Lockyer. Wow. Yeah, so me and him the same age. So for, you know, in that tri-series, I was fortunate enough to uh, room with Lockyer the, the first year, so that was good. He was pretty quiet. He, he was quiet. He was only young too, but he was quiet back then. But uh, I got to play against him a lot over the years, and so it was good to Look back now, especially probably being a mortal Lockie, but to say a room with Lockie and got the name was was pretty good. So, yeah, it was a great trip, and I got to play a few games as well and play in the Tri-Nations final. I come off the bench, so, mate, it was awesome. Did you get to meet Darren's alter ego, Daryl Lockyer, at all that tour? Not really that tour. That was 99, but I went away on a kangaroo tour in 04. 
and yeah. I got to see it plenty of times then. Something special, it. isn't it? It was. It was outstanding. I tell you, it did bring me undone once in that '99. We had a drink, Darren Britt. Oh yeah, I absolutely loved him. Some of his stories, I was I loved, but he, he was a good character, real country boy, but didn't give a rat's ass. And yeah. It's all a good story. He's the tour leader on whatever tour he goes on, probably still to this day. Yeah, he was uh, he was good. But, mate, I, I had the time of my life and getting to represent Australia was was uh, unbelievable. You mentioned that you played Test Match footy before Origin footy. That's a really rare club. Was Origin everything you thought it would be? Yeah, and more. Um, obviously, I wanted, everyone wants to play for Australia, and that was a dream come true. But I, you hold Origin up there nearly in the same sort of esteem mm. like as a young kid I just never never forget watching Origin with the family and getting home from school and watching I had a couple of brothers we'd be fighting and tackling each other all over while the old man was having a few beers in preparation for the game but they took me yeah the mum and dad took us up to the uh, game when Mark Boy went to surf with Wally oh wow yeah I was a kid so when we went and sit, sat in the rain watching that and I think that really lit a fire I suppose on wanting to play but my origin I look back and they're probably some of the, the best memories I've got uh, and getting to play with some of the players like I was fortunate enough I played 5-8 and got to play outside Joey Johns in a fair few games so mm. stuff like that and meeting Freddie playing with Freddie and all the Newcastle boys with Dearest and Fitzgibbons are one of my best mates he moved on to the Roosters but yeah we had a ball we like, trained hard played hard but we had a good time as well We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The weekly wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business, as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends, 